man, uh, me and my fiance are trying to have a beautiful um, weekend at her parents' house. And then this, uh, this Rosha comes out and just ruins <laughs> all of it. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck you and your weekend up. plans. Yeah, trying to catch up mm-hmm. with the friends and with the fam, you know, mm-hmm. ruin everything. What were you doing when the when decision dropped? Having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Here we are, living in a post-row world. (laughs) (laughs) It's lit. (laughs) We did it. Did you see there was someone who posted this New Yorker article where they were describing like a play-by-play of Friday in an abortion clinic, the biggest abortion clinic in Texas? Uh, No, but I think that... I think my fiance referenced it like people like got their their appointments canceled yeah. like on the spot. Yeah, it was like harrowing, you know, to be like a lot of these people just didn't realize that anything was, you know, in jeopardy at all. They were just like going about their day like, yeah, you know, I'm here to get an abortion. And like yeah. the woman was like, no, you don't understand. Like literally as of 921 today, abortion is illegal. And they're like, what? Jesus. And, you know, like and then they just, you know, had uh, mental breakdowns yeah i mean that makes fucking sense man right if you were like okay you know like <laughs> you know just envisioning your life in so- a certain way it's funny because like when i i uh i was at this jewish sanitary conference last week and they were talking uh-huh. about that exact same phenomenon but when you have a miscarriage where you were expecting this world with this baby and then now you're like having to re-envision this whole other reality for yourself but like in this case it's like they were envisioning this reality where like you know they wouldn't have to literally have a baby and like you know they're probably still going to be able to go out of state and get the same abortion but like you know if you're in the middle of the country that's like the the farther you have to go to find a place that will give you (laughs) an abortion right yeah i mean you know like a lot there is a significant overlap in the demographic of people that might not have the means to travel out of state and take off work um with the people that might need to get an abortion and <laughs> you know the people who are probably going to like move because of stuff like this are is just going to polarize the country even further than it already is right yeah like, and there's even some, there's real, some liberal, real dead zones yeah right even though there's some liberal bastions in like you know like austin and like you know I don't know, Phoenix, like they're if their entire rest of their state is going to like enforce stricter and stricter like regulations on their bodily autonomy, like those blue dots might just go away. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a whole situation. And like it's really I mean, it's going to be interesting. This is one of the things that we're, you know, people are really interested to see as like how this is going to affect, you know, the November elections. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, look, we've been, like, kind of told this, like, myth of a blue wave before. Like, in the last midterms, we were like, there's a blue wave coming. And it was more of, like, I remember a news pundit saying it was more of, like, a blue puddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, or, like, a blue splash. But I don't know, man. Like, if, it, like, I feel like if there's anything that's going to spur, like, 
you know, this like huge surge in Democrat voting into this. But also I feel like so many Democrats are so fucking tired of voting, especially young people. But the and thing like, is literally like all these Democrats are campaigning on things like, you know, Biden was literally like, I'll codify Roe. And then you know what he didn't do? Like, <laughs> it definitely did not codify Roe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely did not happen. Yeah. And like, look, I understand why, but like, you know, I definitely get and feel this like overwhelming fucking just exhaustion and an exasperation with, you know, the president of the United States telling me that I need to vote so we can solve this problem. Well, what do you think the reason is why? I mean, it's Joe Manchin. That's why. Right. Like, that's like, it's, there's some holdouts in this in the Senate. Yeah. But like, if um, they, uh, there's a lot of people. So, you know, I went to this meeting of Socialist Alternative this weekend um, because they were like literally the only ones out there with a microphone in Philadelphia. Like like this would really? have been like literally we knew about this happening for months now. Right. You would think that literally any Democrat would come out into the streets on the day that they overturned Roe v. Wade with a microphone and none of them did. It was all the socialists, you know, like. Really? Like when you say any Democrat, you mean like politicians well, you think, or you mean like Yeah, people? you think that like the, anyone in the Democratic establishment would jump on this as an opportunity and they dropped the ball, uh-huh. you know, like they were not showing up. Yeah. The only one who was showing up was the socialists. You know, Jesus. Um. Yeah. And like, I, you know, there's a lot of people who were at this meeting who was literally like, oh, well, they're not getting rid of the filibuster because then they are actually going to have to deliver on all these things that they've been promising and they don't actually want to deliver on them. You know, I don't know yeah, if I they, believe like, that I, necessarily, wanna... but like that's like right. one like strain of thought that's out there, you know? Yeah, that like that the Democrats, if they actually do these things, then they, then they lose like the leverage. They can't like they can't they can't essentially they can't tell people to vote for them anymore over the shit because they've done it. No, yeah, it's like, sure, you know, like you can keep holding it over people's heads of like, oh, you know, look what's going to happen. But the Republicans are the ones who are actually serious about delivering the things they're promising their base, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, you know, I think it's arguably maybe easier for them to do so because of, you know, they can like a lot of a lot of what the Republicans wanted are negative things. They right. can just keep blocking, blocking stuff. stuff. Totally. Yeah. And yet yeah, you're right. And and they completely and they can just do that yeah. over and over again, yeah. you know. Um, but holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, so I mean, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure all of you fucking know. Uh, <laughs> the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade in full. Um. I want a thousand dollar bet over this, by the way. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, I had a friend who was like, no way they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Like, you know, they said they're not going to do it. So they're not going to do it. And I was like, no, I bet you a thousand dollars they're going to do it. And then they fucking did it. Yeah. You know, listen, I kind of I was I was one of those new uh, naive fucks, too, man. Really? I don't know. I mean, like, I, I thought that. Because it's not it's not typical that people just lie in their confirmation hearings. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, like, there's people like AOC saying that that should be an impeachable offense. Like if you just lie in your job interview, 
straight up and then like immediately turn around and do the opposite <laughs> thing. Like right. that's not any any job would be like this is not very professional of you. We're gonna fire you. Like <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you go into your job interview and you say like, listen, at at the job, I'm gonna be so respectful and I'm gonna make sure that we're going to head towards this goal and then you completely flip on that, they could definitely fire you and maybe even should, yeah. right? No, definitely should. Um, well, I mean, obviously it depends on what it is, but like, yeah, if you're just straight up lying about important, potentially like, I mean, things that are especially in this case going to affect the entire country, like the stakes are even higher than mm-hmm. if you're just lying in your random job interview. Right. To become like, you know, I don't know, a grocery store clerk or something, you know, like. And yet they get away with it. Yeah, I thought like I th- I don't know, I, th- I took stupid Brett Kavanaugh for his stupid word, or at least I or at least I didn't. I mean, obviously, my opinion didn't matter because I didn't confirm the guy, but like um, I thought that you just couldn't do that. Yeah. But as we've learned from like, you know, the recent like five years of politics, you can actually just do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually just lie whenever you want to lie and then just do the opposite. And they, like, there isn't really, there aren't well, really systems thought that in place you couldn't to hold just you accountable not, not hold a hearing for, you know, the Supreme court justice either. Right. And they just did that uh-huh. too. They did it. I'd love to get your takes on whether or not, I mean, people think that this, like the only way this ends is with a revolution revolution, right? Like that, like, you know, like the SCOTUS is a really, really kind of ironclad, powerful entity, and that this is going to drive like this is going to be the thing that drives, you know, the the extreme left to revolt in some way. And I don't know, would love to get like your feelings, your take. Do you agree that like it feels like we're like drawing to like some impending upheaval? I really feel like at least no one I know is like in a place where they're literally like, okay, I'm mentally (laughs) prepared to like take up arms against the state. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I cannot really envision a scenario, even though I can envision some pretty fucking terrible scenarios for like, you know, how politics in this country could go. I can't really, it's very hard for me to envision a scenario where people could get themselves there. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it just, yeah, it feels hard to materialize some sort of thing like that. You know? Mm-hmm. I see a lot of like cheeky Instagram posts about like, haha, like, you know, like, and some people think that there's some way to stop this without a revolution or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? But it does, I don't know, it does still feel like mostly Instagram shit to me. But like DeAndre. <laughs> If, you know, we're supposed to be, uh, there's a lot of people who are calling for a general strike today, right? Right. One thing that it is useful to think about is what are some creative tactics that people can use that is not just voting, right? Because like Mm -hmm. voting is such a, at the grand scheme of things, it takes like, you know, five minutes, right? Like, and we spend so much time thinking about it, so much time talking about it. But at the end of the day, like, there are so many other opportunities that we have. We don't even have the opportunity to vote right now, right? We have to wait months for that to happen, right? Right. Like, I think a lot of people are looking for a thing that they can do now that 
mm-hmm. will be sort of even remotely effective against these entrenched powers that seem so unshakable, right? But the thing is, like, you know, a lot of Republicans were probably feeling this exact way at certain points in, you know, recent history, like when Obama got elected or whatever. And it seems like, maybe not all of them, it seems like what a lot of them did was like buckle down and did their homework and figured out, okay, what can we actually do with respect to uh, the Supreme Court or getting more judges, you know, in the circuits? Right. Right. And like, we could absolutely be buckling down doing that same homework, but I see maybe like maybe it's not maybe it was something that was not happening amongst sort of like mainstream Republican activists or whatever. And that wasn't that prominent. But like, I feel like if that were happening on the left, we would like see it and know about it if we were doing something like that. Right. Like some like mass organizing effort to figure out what we can actually do. Right. Like there were so many, like, for example, um, I was following Alexander Hunt, who is running in Pennsylvania, lost. But, um, you know, even before she was actually even like campaigning or like, you know, even before the actual election, like, you know, before she was actually elected during her campaign, she got all these letters preemptively from Republican groups. Right. That were. Sending letters about like, you know, I could have had an abortion and then I did it. And let me tell you how lovely my son is like these emotional gripping letters from people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see at abortion clinics. There's like always these people like one of these things that the New Yorker article was talking about was like there is literally always people outside of abortion clinics. Right. Who are protesting abortion like they yes. they flood them. They literally had to install drains in this Texas abortion clinic because of how often people would just bring a hose and try to flood the clinic. Right. And like if they're that active, nice. you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what is our equivalent to sitting out of an abortion clinic all day? Like, are we doing that? Because like it seems like they're devoting a lot of time and energy. And we're not like the people who literally sit outside you know, like the Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever, and just sit outside and proselytize like that's their job, you know? Yes, like, that is like a, a church pays them to do that. Right. So like we, there's plenty of money on the left, right? Right. Like clearly whenever, you know, you get you get like, you know, a, a boatload of texts every election season being like, give us money, give us money, give us money, right? But like mm-hmm. outside of just elections, like are we using that money to actually like, you know, do things that are public and, you know, like disrupt. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of those things like they do, like, even though I don't know very many religious people at all, like, you know, those I see those things all the time. I mean, do we do you view those tactics as like as effective, though, I guess, is the real question, you know, you know, and like, I feel like like we would love to see data. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, like, like how how effective are these anti-abortion activists at actually preventing abortions from happening? Like how do they actually slow anything down? Right. I don't know. I mean, I assume when they actually literally flood the clinic, that must slow something down. Right. Right. And I mean, yeah. Right. And like I was talking to these Extinction Rebellion people the other day. Right. And like their whole tactic is get people arrested. Right. How often does getting people I mean. So I, I watched some of their YouTube videos and they were trying to explain the rationale between behind why they thought that was an effective strategy. And they're like, OK, if 
people on the street see someone getting nonviolently arrested, they they wonder why. And they're like, oh, I wonder like why they care so much about this thing that they would get arrested for it. And like there's that guy who self-immolated on the steps of the Supreme Court, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Like. Do actions like that change anything? I mean, definitely not. That's what I think is. No. Why do you say definitely not? I mean. The guy that immolated himself on the steps of the Supreme Court did so, you know, maybe to show that, you know, that he was on or that it was in protest or that he wasn't happy and now he's dead. But like, what I mean, what does it do? I mean, like, I guess I guess the question is, like, does it like rouse up some kind of like spirit and fervor in in like the people when that kind of stuff happens? Is that what you're asking? Because I don't think it's I don't think it does anything to like you know, affect the way the Supreme Court's going to make their decisions. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like the thing that's so nebulous about it is that it's all like this really vague, uh, you know, influencing people's public opinion. Right. And maybe yeah. you would instead of self-immolating, you'd be just as uh, successful at that by becoming like a late night TV host or something. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it's with the road thing, public opinion isn't the issue. Right. This is a thing that you know, roughly like 70 to 80 percent of Americans are against or were in support of Roe v. Wade. Right. Right. And we're against the overturning. of yeah. it. So like that's a thing that, that makes people and me feel so powerless about this goddamn Supreme Court is that they don't, you know, like they are not not even like. Inclusively, they are like exclusively they have stated many times before they are not like they don't care about the the popular opinion they care about the you know the interpretation of the constitution well here's what i appreciated about like aoc's recent tweet right like she responded to it by saying look throughout history like presidents didn't just you know lay down and roll over for the supreme court right like there are people who Mm Like, you know, she was referring to how the Emancipation Proclamation was was passed, you know, in defiance of the courts. Right. Right. And, you know, there have been other seemingly unsuccessful, like, attempts at uh, trying to rein the court in. Right. But I guess the point of this is that, like, you know, part of why we seem so powerless is because we're in this phase of our history where it seems like nothing, everything is set in stone. Right. Nothing is changeable. But like. Our country is comparatively speaking young, right? And all of this has happened in a span of like four or five generations. Right. And to be clear, I think maybe it's worth saying that I think some point, at some point, may maybe even soon, the court something about that court's going to change. Yeah. I I think that to me, the easiest and like most low hanging fruit thing fruit thing you can do is add term limits. Mm-hmm. Right. Like incredibly easy. I don't I I that feels so. So common sense to me, it's not even funny, Mm -hmm. you know, but I can see I mean, I could see things going the way that, you know, Biden wants them to go in November. And then because like. I think that if the Senate Democrats can win. On abolishing the filibuster, you know, like that's like that's a big that's a big win for them. But the thing is, I don't like like they. Well, do you think that they wouldn't even do it if they could? Like, this is just another thing that maybe they're campaigning on, but don't actually want to do. It is really hard for me to say, like, what the Democrats would and would not actually deliver on because they make so many promises that they never deliver on. 
right? right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are at least some people that are happy for the mansions and the cinemas of the world because they don't actually have to do the things they, that they say they have to do. So they're going to. Well, do. do they even campaign on but, like, you know, does Joe Manchin say that he'll do all the stuff that he doesn't end up doing? Or do people in West Virginia just like. Does he actually is he actually upfront about what he's doing? And he's like, no, I'll block everything Democrats want to do. And the De- and you know, Democrats of West Virginia are like, okay, great. Well, that's the thing about Manchin is like I kind of give him I I'm mad at him because I don't like his politics, but he's doing his job quite well. Right? Like the people of West Virginia are conservative. That's not a democratic state. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy that we even have a seat there. Mm-hmm. So the people of West Virginia probably you know, are some of the more like anti Roe versus Wade or anti like, you know, certainly anti like anything that has to do with green energy because it's so much of the fossil fuel industries in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe Manchin does a great job of representing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, yeah, I mean, you know, he gets to he gets to block everything and say it's for the for the, the interest of his people. And maybe it is. I always am like, are these people just Republican plants? And then I'm like, why? <laughs> Don't we have Republican plants? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, why are we just going and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to protect like, like, you know, religious freedoms and then secretly. It does feel with like they just get to. It does feel like, you know, I mean, this is like this is so incredibly like partisan what I'm about to say. And it's like from a place of emotion. Right. So like whatever. But it does feel like they get to just lie. Right. And just like deceive openly. And. And like their base will chill them, like we'll we'll cheer them on no matter what. And like you know they get to like they just get to like you know be completely dishonorable. And I don't see that that same kind of cutthroatness coming out of the 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 left, at least not where I want it to be. No, but that's why I'm <laughs> saying know, like, if we put people who campaign as Republicans and then totally lied to all the people and were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this, and then just totally voted for the Democrats, like. You're doing the same thing. You're saying you're going to do one yeah. thing and then you do another. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I guess also, you know, back to what I was saying about the like the court changing and like I could, you know, I could see a very real future where, you know, we pick up a seat because all, all you need is like one more seat to be able to do the things that they want to do. One more like, you know, non one more like fall in line seat of someone that will like vote the way the Democrats want them to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see, I could see shit happening with the court right then, but I'm, I don't know. I'm like, I've always been kind of skeptical of like packing the court and shit like that. I mean, the, the whole, the, the whole thing is broken and it, um, like anything that the Democrats do to fix this, will immediately be weaponized against the Democrats the second they lose power, right? But it's being so, weaponized against them even while they're in power. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about like, for example, like packing the court, mm-hmm. right? Like if the Dems like really paved the way to just like adding as many Supreme Court justices as you want to add to give It's like no matter how hard we try to play it. hardball, the Republicans will always play it harder, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean... I'm saying that, like, why if we pack the court right now in this term, why wouldn't they just do the exact same thing the second that they have a that they have majority in the House, in the Senate, and uh, what's it called? 
and um, a presidency too. They're like, like that's, oh, you're going to add point. two justices? We're going to add 12 justices. Exactly. <laughs> why wouldn't they do that? If we like, if we pave the way for that, why wouldn't they do that? You know, like I, I, I get that. I get that we want to like rectify the really, really horrific decisions that are being made right now. But like these decisions will have consequences, right? Unless we like fix some of the systemic problems with the court. Like the fact that like, the shit like this should we we've gone way too deep into the bipartisanship anyways it was never supposed to be like this you know mm-hmm. or maybe it was um no. i shouldn't say it was never supposed to be like well, this well you're just saying like it is shouldn't. this what the founding fathers are you saying like intended i guess i mean like i don't i don't believe that the framers wanted them wanted the court to be a, a partisan you know uh or a, a bipartisan uh what's it called institution Correct. yeah i think that is true um, and I'm, you know, that's not my argument here. Like, I don't care what the framers wanted for the most part. I think in this instance, they got it right. And that this vital part of our like checks and balances system should not just be a partisan institution that, you know, always votes straight down the line, conservative, liberal or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not how this should be working. Mm-hmm. So what I want to see is for that to get fixed. Mm-hmm. and like. Obviously, obviously, I want Roe v. Wade to be overturned mm-hmm. or to be overturned, overturned, overturned times two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want uh, Dobbs versus I don't know. I, I just know. I just know it as Dobbs, but mm-hmm. I think it's Dobbs versus like the Women's Health Organization or something like that. Obviously, I want that to, you know, not be the law of the land anymore. But like more than that, more than that, I want this to stop happening. Mm hmm. Because this is going to keep being an issue just like it just like I said, if we get a if we finagle the shit and like pack the court and we have a liberal majority, like we're just then it literally is just going to become whenever they're the party that has the most power is just going to control the big judiciary decisions for the next X amount of years. And that's not how it should be. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's like that's why I feel so, you know, like. I feel so like disconcerted with the idea of like court packing or um, even abolishing the filibuster because that's, you know, Bernie Sanders had a famous filibuster that he like, you know, did and like someone read Dr. Seuss for a long time. Like we have all these like harrowing tales of the times that the filibuster was used by Democrats to get what we wanted. And if we make it easier to pass bills, isn't that going to be like isn't that uh, inevitably going to work against us at some point well in terms of passing bills like you said at the beginning the republicans get more power by not passing bills the democrats are the ones who get power by making it easier to pass bills right because the democrats are the ones trying to pass bills republicans are the ones trying to block bills right yeah in this environment but eventually that's going to be not the case anymore right well no no no. i mean even just generally right like whenever the yeah i guess they are like we are the progressive party and they are not. Right, exactly. So all of the new, you know, stuff that we're trying to propose of being like, yeah, let's reshape society and have a welfare state, blah, 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 like is they don't want that. So like the blocking power for them is more important than the creating new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And not all powers are weighted equal to both parties. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really care about the filibuster that much. You know, like I don't like I'm just a little, I, I'm generally worried about 
um, the general state of our government, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, I'm really, really mad at the SCOTUS right now, but like this whole fucking shit is so broken. And that's why, you know, I've been like thinking about what a revolution can look like because none of this shit works. Well, we have a lot of people, like so many people at the various like, you know, organizing meetings I showed up to at this weekend were like, look, we don't feel like we have a political home, right? It would be great if we could like show up and have ongoing active civic engagement where we talked about local issues, federal issues, whatever it is. But like, have you ever been to anything like that? No. Right? (laughs) No. Like, did you ever take part in more than a, like in any way other than voting in like the governance of your own, like any, any level of jurisdiction? I like, I participated in like, student government in some way shape or form at nc state yeah you know yeah and did some help with some legislating there yeah but in terms of like outside of school no absolutely not so like one of the people um from extinction Rebellion was talking about like citizens assemblies of being like hey like at some point you know let's say the revolution happened tomorrow right you have to start building like outside of just being like okay let's let's do these big actions to try to protest the things about our current system that we don't like. Right. He's like, even if that was taken to its logical extreme and we got exactly what we want and we just burn the system down. Right. Like you can start the process of building what we want to create to take its place now. Right. Because like we would have to come up. Okay. So like if we just literally like, you know, took out Congress, we took out the Supreme court, we took out the presidency, whatever. Right. And we were like, okay, what are we going to do now? Right. We would basically <laughs> have to come up with like an entire government. Yeah. And then the question is sort of like that doesn't necessarily rely on having the revolution having happened to start thinking about that. That to right. me, I think, was kind of a like a, a, a concept that I hadn't heard put that way before necessarily. And I think that that's kind of a good idea because I personally feel like a lot of the nonsense around like, you know, why organizing doesn't isn't effective as I think so much of it is like, you know, we hate this, we hate this, but it's not generative. Right. So many people are like, we need to go beyond protest. We need to take the next step. What is the next step? Right. We need to start building shit. Right. Exactly. Right. And I think that there's some, like, I think there's like low level things like that, that have happened. Right. Like in Philly, we have like a whole fridge system network right now right Mm -hmm. of people who are trying to like help each other get food right it's sort of like what are the things that we know of that are sort of grassroots and people driven that are kind of basically taking the the government's place and it's sort of like is there a way for that to over time just become what just become the standard right you know yeah because like now now that roe is gone right there's all these people who are mobilizing like okay how do we get abortions to these people right yeah, like we, yeah, like these things need to keep happening. So how can we ensure that that happens safely? Mm-hmm. You know, and just straight up like illegally, you know, because like fuck right, it. Right, because it's sort you of know, like, like everything is just predicated on who you trust. And if you don't trust the government anymore, that in and of itself is delegitimizing. Right. So it's like if yeah. instead, if everyone, instead of going to the government, right, for any of these things, just went to this other thing that we built, like would that potentially be a way to sort of nonviolently overthrow the government basically. 
I mean, until said government comes and tries to shut it down. Yeah. And then and then something has to happen. Right. Because like right. The, 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 the key there is just always going to be the monopoly on violence. Right. Because like, that's what right. literally what the Black Panthers were doing. They're like, OK, if you're not going to yes. feed our kids, we'll feed our kids. Right. I mean, as I'm sure, you know, the whole time that we're talking about this, I'm thinking of like when the Black Panthers were literally feeding people right. and the FBI and the local police departments came and like literally like overturned their tables of food in the town square. Sure. But my you know, question like, is now, do we think that they could the FBI like, is there going to be a point at which the FBI literally can't get away with doing that anymore? Right. Because like people will like like what? What if I'm sure there was backlash to that when the FBI did that, but probably not as much as there would be now, right? Yeah, but would the backlash now just be louder yelling, you know, or what would it be something else? I think this is like part of what the crux of the revel, like like you were saying, the monopoly on violence, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The the feds have like you know they're pretty sneaky in some ways in some ways they're not that sneaky right and they and they're like yeah we'll just let people yell mm-hmm. right like they do horrific shit all the time um and we yell about it and horrific shit keeps happening mm-hmm. so you know like they don't they don't have to pay a cost from the people aside from negative press so, you know, like, is the is the way to up that cost with like a threat of violence? I mean, maybe one of the way I mean, like, maybe we should just, you know, aside from just having us infiltrate the Republican Party, we could just infiltrate the cops. <laughs> like, just have all these liberal people be like, OK, you want to be you all these Antifa, like, go become a cop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that the answer is all of the things. Yeah. Right. All like, the it's things, like, yeah. These institutions can't, I mean, like they need to be infiltrated. They need to be held accountable in whatever way that in different ways, right? Like not just from like us yelling. And I think that like, you know, maybe that like, maybe like, maybe like infiltration is the only way, right? There's cause the, 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 I, I hate saying things like at the end of the day, but an armed revolution against the state is a terrible idea as it stands right now. Right. Like it can't just be that. And the, maybe we can put the like interview with this guy in the show notes. Um, I'll just do a quick, a quick citation here. So I was reading this um, article. It's called ungovernable an interview with Lorenzo Kumboa Irvin. And it was, um, it was, Posted on Black Rose Anarchist Federation, um, their their site blackrosefed.org, and this is like what I read today. That's like been kind of shaping this um, for me. And even like, there's a point where he says, "I'm going to find the quote." Um, about like literally like. It might look like, you know, storming a building and like sitting in that building with guns until the government lets us have it, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess I'm just like a little hesitant to, to believe that the government would ever let them have that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I feel like the feds have shown that they would rather kill a lot of people than 
have to share their authority. Well, literally that, you know, the January 6th rioters did storm a building. Right? (laughs) Yeah, they did. I mean, literally, that is the thing that we share with a lot of these like Republicans is like a deep like hatred of a lot of these, you know, systems that no one feels represented by. Right. 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 Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like the answer is always going to be something like something, including all of this. But I am really intrigued and want to figure out a way to work on and in whatever building these institutions looks like, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I need to figure out what that is in like the D.C. area. If any of our listeners know, then LMK. Um, cause I'm, you know, like, I don't know. I'm feeling a shift within myself. I feel I, I used to be a kind of like a, yeah, shit's fucked. And like, I do think that things are going to work themselves out. Mm-hmm. Right. I still think that to some extent, but, uh, you know, I don't think that like the Democrats are not going to lead us to lead us to salvation. Right. Like there's none. Mm-hmm. um, whatever, whatever. I don't know, like utopian hopeful society that I have is going to include community shit. So I think you're right. Like, let's, you know, we could start building this community shit now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's like, you know, that's, you know, we don't have union. Like, oh, I, I mean, we have some unions, but like, you know, I think it's like less than 12% or something. Right. Like, Unions were literally just everyone like get together with people in your workplace, get everyone's personal email address and do a sick out. Right. Like that's where a lot of this stuff started. Yeah. Right. And like that's still super doable. Yeah. Yes. I think that that's a very good point. And that like. At the, you know, like at the ground level, the we still run this country and that this country doesn't run if we don't show up for shit or if we don't do things. Right. Right. Like it's like if every cashier working for McDonald's just didn't take money. McDonald's would not have an inflow of money. Yeah. It would be bedlam. Yeah. <laughs> it would be insane. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's going to take organizing. Right. And that's the thing is I that guess. like, it is so hard to organize something like that because you have to build the trust because like if if you the only way for something like that to work is if you believe everyone else is actually going to do it. Yeah. Which is a really, really hard thing to get. Right. Because if all the teachers don't show up except for one teacher on, you know, the first day of school, that one teacher is going to have like the worst day of their lives. Yeah. But then I think that one teacher just I, I don't think it all has to happen on the first occasion. OK. Yeah, maybe not literally all of them. School the next day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I enough for them like, to not just need- fire you. If you're the one person doing yeah. it, right? And that yeah. takes a lot of trust. Yeah. You know, to organize something like that. Like, you know how I, I think a lot of people have been referencing like how they tried to ban abortion in Iceland and then all the women literally stopped working. Like that is an insane feat of organizing. <laughs> right? How do you get all the women yeah. to just literally stop working? So many women need to survive. Right. right. That's um, a hard sell. Yeah. I mean, that's always been the bargain, right? It's mm-hmm. like, 
But then it's like, the, okay, is there some way we can like build a fund to like help these people just pay them for one day or something? Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like there are enough people, you made this point earlier, like we, there's, there's cash here, mm-hmm. right? There's enough people in this like side and on the side and like on this movement that we should be able to like, you know, redistribute our own wealth within ourselves. Yeah. It doesn't have to, to be like cover. Yeah. To cover each other for, you know, like whatever the show of power is going to be. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah, even if it's just a week, right? Like, I think we could come up with enough money to cover people for a week. Yeah. You know? I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Shit's hard. <laughs> um. Uh, I had a thought, but I lost it. Yeah. Everything feels like the thing that's going to get people to to take it more seriously, mm-hmm. you know. And this thing feels big, and it's hard to tell if it's going to be another thing that we just like don't talk about in two weeks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. But do you think this is going to be a thing that we don't talk about in two weeks? Or do you think this is like. I mean, I, I think it's it. definitely going to be a sea change. I don't know if it's going to be enough to mobilize people on a sustainable basis. Right. Yeah. But it's also, I think, a function of the fact that I think that a lot of the organizing uh, groups that I've seen thus far haven't, to me, seemed to get their shit together enough to inspire people to devote a lot of their time and effort and money. Um, that they yeah. could otherwise be spending watching Netflix or something like it's just like the 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 opportunity cost upsettingly is sort of high for people because we have designed a lot of very lucrative ways for you know to entertain ourselves right of just like right. you know like Netflix is really really good at making you know all of these shows that we would much rather watch than organize in the streets you know yeah yeah that's hard it's really hard to work together especially in a society as diverse as ours. Yeah. Right. And, and we're (laughs) in a, in an environment that we have created that doesn't shame. We don't want to shame people for not showing up, you know, like that's what I have had so much difficulty with. Right. Is that like all of the nonprofits and volunteer work and all of that, that I've ever done is always suffered from a crisis of people, not like, really full-heartedly trying to devote the time right and they're like oh capitalism and it's true like capitalism is a bitch and like you know you don't have as much time as you would like to do these things but like i don't know like that's literally how the system was designed to make sure you don't have the time to sit around organizing all the time yeah right yeah so like you know What's, you know, like, yeah, we're all tired. We're is there a way that. to design is to make organizing not feel super draining all the time? You know, like, I do feel like maybe there's a way to do that. Also, it could be fun. It could be something that you just do on a regular basis. It's built into your, you know, weekly schedule in a structured way. And you are doing it with people you actually enjoy working with. But I think a lot of people associate organizing with like drama, negativity, depression, all of these things. Yeah. Right. And sometimes like a threat of violence from police. Correct. I mean, I actually think that like the type of organizing I would like to see is not really like, you know, the type 
protests that involve police, like big protests in the streets. I personally feel like big protests in the streets don't seem very effective to me. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a protest guy. Yeah, but I'm not a protest but guy. Bail funds. Absolutely. Great. You know, those like, uh, you know, mail order abortion pills. Absolutely. Right. Like what are the things like that? I think those are the types of solutions and networks that I think would be really I mean, even in, you know, in Philly, we have a um, like mutual aid group that literally just has people do other people's laundry for them. You, yeah, you just had drop uh, drop your laundry off somewhere and someone will take it and, you know, go do it and drop it back off. Right. That's, That's like yeah. so easy. And it's actually really useful for people, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in that kind of stuff too. Like the, the, like the, you know, like something, building something, right? I mean, that's kind of what we've been talking about, right? Like building something that people can rely on. And it's a different form of organizing than like the protest form. And maybe like, you know, if we, so I've, you know, historically been like, oh, mutual aid isn't like the sustainable solution. It's not going to be the bandaid. It's just a bandaid, right? But if mutual aid gets people to a place where they don't have to worry basically about being in survival mode literally all the time, like they don't have to worry about feeding and clothing themselves literally all the time, then maybe that actually would give people more time to focus on the structural shit. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. Yep. Can I tell you something that really bothers me about the left? What? And this happens anytime there's a big tragedy, right? Like something really terrible happens. I feel like I see as many posts. I mean, first of all, there's just so many posts, right? So many posts. Everyone's posting. Uh, it's good. The people are mad about this. I, you know, like whatever. But um, I feel like I see just as many posts about people like scolding other people for the way that they are talking about this tragedy as I see posts that are actually mad about the tragedy. Okay. For example, I saw you like, a post from this person that's been adopted that like is an adoptee influencer and they're like and they make a whole you know 10 tweet long post about how people need to make sure they're not saying that the children of rapes uh, the children of someone that's been raped is like are um what's it called are like constant reminders of a tragedy because that's not fair to the people that the kids you know the 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 people that like the kids that were actually conceived that way and there's another post that like are scolding people about like making sure that we're using gender inclusive language because not just women give birth to babies and like it's like oh i saw another one that was like this guy talking about like how people are making these comparisons to the handmaid's tale and they're like oh my god exactly now oh, yeah. make sure this ma- is happening stop doing that right? like and well and, and being like oh well this has been you're like oh this is like about to become a huge thing and you're like oh black women have been experiencing this for like their whole lives blah right. blah blah right we are so so incredibly good and it feels like i mean this feels like a uniquely like academic lefty problem mm-hmm. right we are so incredibly good at cutting our own, our own our own selves off at the knees just by like we, we can't even get off the ground because we're fucking fighting with each other about what we want to say mm-hmm. you know and like and like there's so much discourse around like talk about it this way do do this thing and don't do this thing this thing is actually bad don't post this like you know it's like oh man it's frustrating for me to see all that kind of shit and i don't like i don't have any like um I don't have any like you know big solution or like no i think that if you're actually in an organizing space i think the solution is literally just 
maybe not literally ignore it, but spend as little time as possible focusing on those issues. Right. And that involves normalizing, just being like, apologize and move on. Right. Okay. Right. You know, it's not a big deal, dude. Yeah. Like it really, you know, like, like we need all of these, all of you, these people, we will need all of them to create the future that we want to build, especially for like, if we don't think the government can do this for us anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and that's going to mean that like you intellectual SJW that like is mad because someone forgot to, you know, acknowledge the fact that like black people have been going through this for years and that this isn't a new thing. You're going to have to put that aside for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and like, we're going to have to be glad that someone is willing to donate their funds or whatever they want to do. And that person might not be perfect, Mm -hmm. but in fact, they almost certainly won't be. But um, like we we got we need to come together on this. See, that's the thing like, that the Republicans really have is like they seemingly have an endless tolerance so for the less than perfect. They're so good at that because they're all shitheads. I mean, they're not all shitheads. That's not fair. <laughs> they, but they but they're overlook. All like, they overlook. Their causes. Yeah. And the causes that like they even the like most you know, intellectual and like respectful of Republicans, the causes that they support are also supported by some of the shittiest people on the planet. Mm -hmm. And they, they graciously take that support without question and don't question and like, and don't, you know, they're not concerned with calling out the, the, the shittiness of the people that are throwing them that support. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the fucking, like, you know, the Kevin McCarthy, the house, um, the house leader or the house Republican leader, you know, gave a whole speech about how they were so happy to see like the immense amount of support for the right of, for the, like the right to life and the unborn or whatever. And that includes those, like the shitty brickyard preachers that like put up giant poster boards of aborted fetuses. Mm-hmm. And it includes the people that, you know, stole like stole literal aborted fetuses from an abortion clinic with plans to do what, who knows what with them. Right. Like they're happy to take that support. Mm-hmm. And they won't question it. And I, you know, like, I'm glad that our side, our side, quote unquote, right? Like, whatever that means. I'm glad that, like, the pro-choice people generally, you know, seem to be a little less disgusting than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we're very, very concerned with policing each other's language and, like, making sure that we're, like, saying the right thing and, you know, supporting the right causes or whatever. And, um, and I think that we could do a better job at like being together on this. That's my, that's my spiel. Yeah. I mean, I think that the number one thing that Democrats can recur- can learn from Republicans is just center the mission. You know, it's not center about it. you. It's about the mission. Center it. It's not about you. It's not even about your specific group of people. Yeah. You know, it's not about like. You get you center it and push for it, mm-hmm. and they do that. Yeah, they do it so incredibly well. They fall in line like a motherfucker, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> I I I also I know I don't want you know Joe Biden is the thing is that also we have a harder job because Joe Biden's not the person that we have to fall in line with, mm-hmm. right? We have to find something else. It has to be a cause or like an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, I, you know, I feel like, like as a progressive party, there are, it makes sense that there are eight different sects of, of people or of groups that feel like they want to go eight different ways because this, you know, there's a lot of uncharted waters here. Mm-hmm. It's much easier, as we said, to be the party of um, the party of tradition than it is to be the party of change. Mm-hmm. 
So. But I think basically the answer, and it's hard because I think I've been trying to find a group to like, because I think that there's like so many, like there's a ridiculous number of groups and like, you know, the last thing you should do is just make another group, but like find a group that you think is even doing somewhat effective work. Yeah. And just. Because nothing's going to be perfect. Right. Right. Lower your standards. That's like always the. (laughs) The key to happiness. <laughs> Lower your standards. Try to create change from within, I guess. And like, that's the thing is like, it is going to be, I think. Like, I'm sure a lot of these Republicans standing outside of abortion clinics are like, oh, this is such a slog. We have to be out here every day. It feels like we're making <laughs> such incremental change. Whatever. They're like, I fucking hate Susie. Right. I don't like the way she yells. Right. Like, there's no way that they don't people. have infighting in the Republican Party, right? <laughs> like, they're a bunch of Karens, you know? Right. I'm sure there's That's all kinds stick. of drama. They love, they love fighting with each other. Right. <laughs> but, you know, they're fucking still the biggest thorn in my side. Right. Right. So, if, like, you know, if they can whatever work together to probably go through years and years of what seemed like you know if you were from the very beginning of whenever Roe was passed like oh shit you know they're winning we gotta do something about this and then you devote this like you know you create this decades long plan so many of these are these you know like headlines have been like ah yes the Republicans are solidifying their decades long plan to you know (laughs) right and you're just like (laughs) yeah Wait, where's our decades-long plan that is suddenly going right. to, like, fit into place? <laughs> oh, my God. And it's like, if we man. feel like we don't have this plan, we need to literally make that plan. Like, it's never too late to start. You know, um... If you, if you, well, number one, the one thing that I'm really interested in is if you like know of some of these institutions that we've been talking about in this episode of like, you know, building mutual aid networks or, you know, like the creation of these community institutions that are meant to support each other would love for you to interact with like the promo post for this episode or send us an email or whatever, or let us know if you want to be on the show because we'd love to talk about it with you. Um, I'm specifically in DC. I'm like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm really interested in getting involved with some of this stuff. Um, and also, I don't know, take care of yourself. That's my endorsement. My 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 personal promo is take care of yourself because this shit's this shit's gonna get shit is wild and it's only gonna get more wild from here. I think. Yeah, I was like, wow, we're really living in a golden era and didn't even know it of having rights and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you can find us at i'm the villain pod it's our gmail that's our instagram that's our twitter uh otherwise bye